Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening from wherever or whenever you're listening right now. And welcome to this bonus episode of the Churchosity Podcast. I am your host, the Theological Coordinator, and these are the types of episodes that I like to call the postscripts, because these are the things that I think about when the record button is off and when things are quiet. So thank you so much for listening. Growing up in the church, I always had an affinity for pastoral ministry. Having that much knowledge about God, the scriptures, and leading the church seemed to be the greatest achievement, and I wanted to be that guy. So much so that in my elementary years, I began praying for the Lord to make me a pastor. I would write miniature sermons and present them during chapel at school, memorizing the books of the Bible by the age of five and all of John chapter three in the King James Version. I believed I was on the path to what God was preparing me for. And by the time I was in high school, I was being mentored by my youth pastor, growing in knowledge and really wanting to become a pastor. It was all I wanted to be. In my mid-twenties, I finally got the opportunity to get my feet wet as a pastor. After many years of making rather unintelligent decisions with my life, I realized I had what I believed to be the right type of life experience to be a youth pastor. And when it all began, we started with three kids, two of which were my brothers and one of their friends. But by the end of the first year, we grew to over 75 kids in that youth group. At this point, the church decided to install me as one of their staff pastors, and I officially had the title of Pastor Heath. I had finally arrived at my goal. Heath Brady was a pastor. Yet, as my second year in pastoral ministry kicked off, I began to make some rather peculiar discoveries about pastors and the ministry. The irony of it, I have yet to understand. There was nothing about my outward appearance which would indicate to anyone outside of my church that I was a pastor. I never wore a collar, a three-piece suit, or gloriously flowing robes. I never drove an expensive car. I never traveled. I never even appeared on television or on the radio. I never did anything spectacular. I never did anything extraordinary that would make it obvious to anyone that I was in the ministry. To the outside world, I was just a normal looking guy who had a smile on his face and loved to talk to people until they found out I was, in fact, a pastor. Everything about them changed. If someone was using profanity, they would quickly apologize, oh, sorry Rev, I'm trying to be better at that, and have a cleaner vocabulary. If someone were engaging in lewd or provocative behavior, they would cease and separate themselves from the persons involved or depart the area altogether. If a man was engaged in obnoxious behavior, he would sit down or apologize for acting the way that he was. It seemed like collectively most people outside my church family were extremely respectful of me, my vocation, and my sensitivity to their worldly behavior. Through the years, I became known as Pastor Heath in my surrounding community. While practically none of these people proclaimed any interest in Jesus Christ or even the desire to come to church, many of them would either send their kids to my youth group or tell other people to send their kids. They would say things like, 
Pastor Heath's a great guy and my kids love him. If they ever heard of or caught anyone else in the act of disrespecting me, they would go to bat on my behalf. The respect level in the community for my pastoral ministry was absolutely phenomenal. This was probably because while I was building my influential reputation with them as a pastor, I was also coaching youth football, basketball, and baseball for 6- to 15-year-olds in the community. Being a pastor and a coach seemed to go hand-in-hand, and everyone appeared to rally around me. Having that level of positive support from the unsaved and unchurched in my community was wonderful and quite the anomaly because inside my church community, things looked a little differently. While the congregation collectively agreed with and supported my role as one of their pastors, behind closed doors, there were many instances of criticism and backbiting. While being the youth pastor, and in later years I would become the marriage pastor and the director of men's ministry, I was also given the honor of preaching on several occasions during Sunday services. Over the years, this would tend to average between five to seven times per year. Our parishioners enjoyed my sermons. They were strongly encouraged and convicted by them, and they thanked me for my sermons and for my service to the youth and the men and the marriages in the church. But privately, they would have great dislike for how I did things. They would disagree with what I preached about, and they would promote various kinds of division. A few times, even my personal life was attacked, and I was judged rather harshly by my church brothers and sisters. The expectations they had for me were apparently perfection, and there did not seem to be much room for my simply being human. It was through this experience that I coined the phrase, being a pastor is the most thankless job, and the sheep always want to tell the shepherd where he can go. What an outstanding contradiction this was, to find the ungodly people in my life praising the role that I had, and the Christians in my life trying to cut me down. It was as if my unchurched contacts knew and respected how I wasn't perfect and yet strived to be holy, while my church family expected me to be holy and rejected me for not being perfect. If there were times when I was personally dealing with something that was weighing me down, it was more often not my church family who came to help, but my unchurched, unsaved friends who aided me. I felt it had become exactly how I heard a Bible teacher describe the problem within the church so long ago. I will never understand how the Church of Jesus Christ is the only people group on the planet who kicks their wounded and mocks their leaders. Many years later, my wife looked at me and said, You know you're called to pastoral ministry, and I completely believe in that for you. Go back to seminary, get your degree, and do what it is that God called you to do. So what if people don't respect you? You're not the only one in the history of Christianity that preached a message while no one listened. Those heroes of the faith are the company you'll be keeping. So, as you can probably imagine, I had no way of disagreeing with her. Besides the fact that she's Italian and knows her Bible, she's most always right. <laughs> Here's the reality. Pastoral ministry is far too often made to be about the pastor and how successful his ministry is. 
having this kind of attitude is definitely a very real contemporary problem in the church that sets a trap for pastors caught up in this deception from the devil himself. Many times, men in the ministry get so puffed up or distracted by the numbers and data or keeping themselves protected from persecution, division, and drama that they completely disregard or forget why they got into the ministry in the first place. Pastoral ministry is a calling. The Apostle Paul wrote that God gave some as pastors and teachers from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And this means that the calling of a pastor is one only given to some. Jesus Christ called some into the Christian faith for the sole purpose of gifting them with pastoring and teaching. It's not for everyone. The role of a pastor is to be the shepherd of the flock in the church. They are the one to whom others will commit to for care and nurture, for teaching and for guidance. Ministry is service and the act of taking what God commands and executing it in the lives of others. It is selfless, seeks no recognition, and is for the benefit of others. To me personally, pastoral ministry is an extreme higher calling which has no reward in this life that compares with what is to come in the next. It is shepherding those entrusted to you by the Good Shepherd. It is serving all with no intention of being served. It is standing against the ungodly agendas in this world with no intention of changing anyone's mind. It is boldly proclaiming the truth of the entire counsel of God with no intention of impressing or convicting anyone. There will absolutely be times of plenty and times of none, times of large followings and times of large rejectings, times of support and times of persecution. But Jesus gave us a wonderful promise. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, Jesus said, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It is most certainly a guarantee that pastors will face much negativity, trials, and tribulations. But the Lord says that we are blessed if and when this happens, and our reward in heaven is great, because those things happen on account of Him. I do not feel discouraged when there is opposition to the message I convey to others. I do not give up when it seems no one will listen. I do not fold or give in when tempted to change my tune in appeasement of the masses. I consider it an honor to be called and to stand with those who experience these things before I have. And in short, pastoral ministry is about Jesus Christ and giving up my life in service to Him. After all that He has done for me, is this really too much for Him to ask for? And that is all I have to say about that. Thank you for listening to the Churchosity podcast, The Postscripts. Be sure to follow the show on all of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Churchosity Pod. 
And until next time, this is The Theological Coordinator saying, peace.